everybody, and welcome once again to the Hearth Can I Get Maybe High School Football Podcast. As of yet, unnamed. Actually, we came up with a name. Um, it is. We are now going to be referred to as the Meat Grinder. We are the Meat Grinder. This is the Meat Grinder. Hello, everybody. How's it going? We're all laughing. We are in a special edition of. Actually, there's not much meat being. Uh, uh, ground here at the moment. Uh, the meat grinder doesn't officially begin until uh, late August, I would guess, or maybe we do a. I don't know what we're doing. We're going to be doing a lot more football podcasts. So here we are. It's a. It's June twentieth. Everyone's just about out of graduate. Uh, just about graduated, uh, and the whole new crowd. Everyone who was a junior last year, you are now officially a senior. Everyone who were sophomores last year, now officially juniors, and juniors, seniors, uh, whatever. We, we and football season has officially begun in our minds. Yes. So now we're, we're, we're reunited. Pete and I reunited for the first time. We went our Reunited and it feels so good. That should be our opener for the first episode. Yeah. Well, maybe, maybe we'll do it in post. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, this is the first time Pete and I have been on uh, the same podcast since we went our merry ways after interviewing championship coach John Marinelli. And surprise, surprise, we're going to be talking with uh, Coach Marinelli now a what he's in a what's the official title now? I don't know what his official title is, but he is working at the University of Arizona, the football program uh, under uh, Coach Sumlin. Um, yeah, he became the first reoccurring guest in the Meat Grinder football podcast history, and hopefully, it won't be the last time that that we hear from him. I don't believe that it will, but uh, I mean, this is a this is a football guy. I mean, you know, he just likes to talk football and. Uh, it's a long interview. It is a very, very long interview, but we touch on so much from his four years at Greenwich, his, you know, coaching at New Canaan, playing at New Canaan, you know, just just his whole kind of career with involved with Connecticut High School football. We talked about Arizona. We talked about what the future holds for him, how hard the decision was. You know, it was a pretty awesome interview, uh, if I do say so myself, because yeah. he – is such a he's a football guy yeah, yeah and we're <laughs> and we're, we're gonna be sad to see johnny go let's yeah be we 100 percent. i mean he, let's be honest he brought a lot of uh pizzazz to high school football he made it he made it fun he, he absolutely it in did the interview about the kids and getting them to buy in and he was like it's about this first year at greenwich was about getting the kids to have fun and like that's what it's about yes don't get me wrong there are there is Im- immense pressure on these high school football coaches and some of these programs to win. Whether that's from administration, whether that's from parents, whether that's from the community or the the, the football club, whoever you know, whatever. It, there is immense pressure to win, but at the end of the day, it's just about having fun and yeah. getting out there. And and John did that with the uniforms at Greenwich, with the offense that he ran at Greenwich. Starting at the beginning of the decade, I guess, with with New Canaan. Yeah, I mean, when you look. It's fun to throw the ball. It's fun to throw the. It's fun to throw the football around. Like when you like when you can line up four wide and just sling the ball around. Obviously, you need the personnel to do it, but that's fun football to watch. That's fun football to play. And uh, you know, we talked about the yellow pants. We talked about the jersey combination. The grand like all of that is just fun, and that's what a lot of it was. What got the kids to buy in? Yeah, which is pretty incredible. Yeah, I mean, he, he he pretty much he laid a groundwork of how to run a successful football program. And look, I mean, we're not all here to you know just you know go nuts over this, but um, and I know there are a lot of you guys out there who are probably going to come at us. Oh, John Marinelli quit from Greenwich. Oh, what a shock! I didn't know that. How well, many, we we did get we did get called this PR firm, so I I am waiting for some res, uh, some residuals from that. Yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't we all? But like, <laughs> look to to people like that. Look, he was the best coach in Connecticut. He coached the number one team. This is how many times does the number one team not have the same head coach the next year? Uh, never. I don't. I can't recall that ever I mean, this happening. Is, this is a big deal. So if yeah, you don't so, like it, yeah, get over it. Yeah, don't listen. <laughs> get over it. Like we don't go care <laughs> about this, this, your this, comment. The meat grinder. Clearly. It just means the meat grinder isn't for you. Yeah, you're just not a meat grinder. Uh, no. Is that what our fan? Is that what our listeners are called? They're, the meat grinderers. No, they're butchers. The meaters. We're the butchers. <laughs> they're the. <laughs> I don't know. 
<laughs> but like, if you don't understand the ramifications of of one of the bright up and coming coaches in the state of Connecticut who was able to turn around a program to being back to back double L finals in his third and fourth year, winning it his fourth year, the number one team they won in such dominant fashion. If you don't understand how important yeah. that is that he Look, took a right. job at a college and stepped like this is a big deal, especially for June. I mean, yeah. th- this would be a big deal in November, in September. You know, pick a month. It, it's a big deal. Right. This so is a, this get is a, over this it. Is a, yeah, first of all, get lost. <laughs> I run, we, we run the, you know, what, what we run this stuff. Get out, get out of here. This, the, the second thing is, John, uh, <laughs> the, the fact that, he, as you mentioned, the fact that he took a team in four years to a state championship, back-to-back championship games, had a great shot to win the first one. Um and, uh, you know, like took Darian to the brink and then now comes back and, and wins and crushes uh, New Canyon to win. A, and they were the best team. And it was, there, it was, and it was Greenwich's first number one ranking. Yeah. You know, it just and that he's going, you know, it's like he's he's riding off and the, the job is done. The the villagers are saved. And John is now going to rot off, na, 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 na. right off into the sunset. And the legacy he's going to have is, is going to. It's like going. It's like going out on a high note, you know. Going out on a high. It's like a, it's like Seinfeld. This is George. <laughs> That's it, everybody. Thanks a lot. Thanks for coming. I'm, I'm, I'm out. And See just, ya. just think of the like when we look back at this, like ten years. I mean, who knows? Maybe Greenwich goes on a massive run, and he's like just the first of many coaches that go there and just keep the the the, the train rolling. Or, you know, in that sense, he, he's a he's a legend. Or they tank. You know, over the next few years, and it's back to you know what's going on with Greenwich. How will Greenwich ever play football well again? Um, and in that sense, he's a legend yeah. <laughs> because of what he did. He really uh, cleaned up this town. I mean, yeah. uh, so that's that's kind of like what we we've got here is our first major storyline going into the 2019 football season, which is just a wow. It's two. <laughs> it's not two months away, right? See, June, July. All right, all right three months away. Uh, because we start, I believe, the fourteenth. Uh, yeah, 13th. but we start the end of July in terms of putting stuff together, so it's a lot right. less. So for if us. you're a high school coach that's not going to Arizona to take a high-profile <laughs> job, uh, look in your inbox uh, this time uh, next month. Well, maybe a, about six, a month and a week. Six six weeks. Yeah, look in your inbox. We're going to be doing little surveys. All of you that that that's that's the CIAC schools and the prep schools. If you guys are out there listening. Um, we're, we want to get your information. If you could just hand those back in at your earliest convenience. We got to, I think that's enough talking for us. I think we should let Johnny do the talking. Right, right, right. Think. We, yeah, we did, uh, yeah, we, we've done enough of an intro. <laughs> we're we're going to be doing sporadic uh, football podcasts to talk about, it, well, well, all the other stuff that's going on. I mean, the the uh, schedules came out, the, the, the new classes came out. We'll get all into that very shortly. But uh, the big news, obviously, John Marinelli is leaving, so... Shed a tear, pour one out for him, <laughs> um, and now we all move on. Joining us on the show is, of course, the aforementioned former head football coach of the Greenwich Cardinals. That'd be John Marinelli. Coach, how you doing? How's packing going? You getting ready to get out of Dodge? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's definitely when you move across country, it makes things a little interesting. But uh, yeah, we're getting all that together. Are you? Is this going to be like, hey, let's see the let's see the country type of a move? You're going to hop in a hop in a truck or something and hit all the ballparks or states or something? I don't know. <laughs> this this is a put your stuff in a storage uh, traveling container and then meet it when it gets to Arizona. So oh, gotcha. um, <laughs> yeah, that's the way. To I do am it. Uh, I'm not doing the 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 trip. I don't have time, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love to do that, but I don't have. We don't have that t- kind of time. Um, what's this is the big question that everybody really wants to know. Um, how are you preparing for the heat? Um, you know, I, I always wear long sleeves and like a bucket hat when I coached and when I'm just outside in general. Um, so I don't know if I'm gonna be able to do that, but I will say like we, you know, we have an indoor facility, so I don't know how many of our practices in July and August will, will be outside in 110, 15 degree heat, but. Um, yeah, it's it's uh, you know it's a dry heat though, so there's no humidity. The sun's still pretty pretty on you, but uh, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. We're looking forward to it. Yeah, I mean, I, I went out to Phoenix once. I, I have a buddy who lives out there, and like you couldn't like take like three steps. I I, I only wore light colors because I was afraid if I wore anything dark, I would ju- you I would just sweat through it by taking a step. Yeah, 
<laughs> yes, you can wear white pants year-round there. Oh, that was see, one of the things they told me. Yeah, so that's kind of awesome. I'm in on that. <laughs> yeah, I'm a big fan of the white pants. Also, have you ever seen a cactus before? Because there are so many of them in Arizona. Cacti, cacti, cactus, cacti. Yes, uh, and Tucson has all different kinds of, uh, of you know cacti. So, uh, um, I, I have seen them. I've, I've been out to Arizona a few times, but uh, yeah, it's definitely different wildlife and. Uh, yeah, what beautiful country, part of the country. It's absolutely gorgeous. Tucson and Arizona in general, you don't realize there's mountain ranges everywhere. Yeah. You Are you a big hiker? Um, I'm going to – yeah, well, no, <laughs> but I'm going to start uh, becoming a hiker. So. You're going to have to, right? Fair, yeah. fair. Yeah. I've been out – I have family in Phoenix, so um, I've been out there. I went out there for the Fiesta Bowl back in 96. <laughs> Seven, uh, it's gorgeous. Yeah, we went hiking. It was great. But what is? Wait, hold on. What is this? The uh, the travel channel <laughs> travels with Johnny. <laughs> let's let's get into brass tacks here. Uh, all right. So um, you know, this was something that everyone was thought might happen, but you were adamant that it you know probably wouldn't as late as the the before the, uh, the state championship game. But you know, obviously, a lot can happen, and you know and. You got a wedding coming up very shortly, and uh, oh wait, yeah, right, yeah, right, shortly, yep. right, shortly, and um, it just how did this all come apart? You got a lot of thing, you know, things going on, and uh, so how did this uh, this new opportunity uh, present itself? Um, I'd say you know the last four years, I've probably gotten you know more than a dozen uh, opportunities and it never really, you know, I love high school football. I've always loved high school and I love the town of Greenwich, the kids, the coaches, everything. So, um, it just came down to, uh, getting a phone call and, uh, we're in the middle of spring football and, uh, it was, they were like, basically we, we bought you a flight. We want you to come interview. I was like, what? <laughs> They're like, yeah, we bought you a flight. So I was like, all right, you know, yeah, you know, I've I've turned down a fair my fair share, and and eventually, if I do want to do that, I I want to be able to take the interview and at least keep that you know door open for me. If if I said no after you know they purchased a flight, I, I think that would have at least cut off that particular staff. And um, and I went out there and, and interviewed, uh, and it was just unbelievable. I mean, I, I was blown away by by what they do and and how they prepare, uh, you know, their their kids, how they handle recruits. I mean, it was I felt like it was. Uh, an organization. I felt like I was a part of something that um, they really care about the student athlete. Um, you know, and, I, and I've been visiting a lot of places, and then I always try to get out and see, you know, see what different colleges are doing. And I just really felt like, you know, kind of my values and, and what I, you know, what I want to stand for uh, just kind of seemed to mesh. And um, opportunities come, and um, you know, I ended up, you know, taking it. But uh, you know, obviously, very sad to leave Greenwich, but very excited for uh, the future. Did you think that this was kind of the perfect chance for you? Um, you know, you yeah. coached for four years as a head coach. You were an assistant coach. You know, where you are at your age, you just get, you're just getting married. Was this kind of like if you didn't make this move now, you might never make this move? I don't know. I never really thought of it that way. I just felt so comfortable with the staff. And I think as you look for opportunities, I've never – you know, people, you know, people who don't know football, they think they're like, well – you know, Rhode Island has a really good football staff, but if you leave to go to Rhode Island, people are like, well, why would he do that? Like, why wouldn't he go to Alabama? It's like, yeah, well, right. kind of hard jobs to get, right? So <laughs> uh, you you always try to surround yourself with, with good people, and you then when you're going to college, you try to get in with good people. And uh, this staff at Arizona, Kevin Sumlin, uh, is an incredible human being and one of the smartest people I've ever met. And like, I want to be around him. He has a contagious personality. So I don't know about like perfect fit, perfect situation, but I think it's the perfect staff for me to learn under and to grow under. Um, they, and they help coaches. Kevin has uh, seven, F, uh, you know, seven coaches that are now head coaches. Um, and, you know, it just seems like guys, who, you know, they're, they're loyal to him. They love him. And, and the rest of his uh, staff members have been so great to me over the years. And, um, you know, it just felt like a, a really comfortable situation for me to, to kind of squeeze into. How are you going to be able to handle the fact that Arizona only has three jerseys to choose from? <laughs> oh they have God. six. They have six. Oh, he's all oh Wiki six. Wikipedia is wrong. He, he's all up on yeah, it. Wikipedia is wrong. They have six different helmets. Um, <laughs> yeah, those guys are. You know, I, I won't have any designing power, though, so I guess that, that'll well, be not yet. Not yet. Once they look at your portfolio of work, they're going to be like, wow, this guy's much better designer than he is a coach. 
That's right. You, know, <laughs> you so you designed all those, or at least had a hand in it, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah. So that's another. I mean, if this football thing doesn't work out, you could be a really good graphic designer. <laughs> well, thank you. See, some you know the, the yellow pants are not. You know, it's yeah. like fifty-fifty. Half the people love them, half the people hate them. I am, um, our kids love to wear them. The but, goal, as uh, you know, John, as you should know, as a nascent uh, graphic designer, the goal is to just get a reaction. That's it. If you get a reaction out of it, you've done your job. That's it. Then, then I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> then the yellow pants definitely get a reaction. See, that's <laughs> we uh, we were on Vantage Sports last week. I wore red pants, a green shirt, and a blue blazer. Everyone's like, why'd you wear that? I was like, you noticed it, right? Right. That's right. Stand go. out. Conversation starter. It's an icebreaker. <laughs> Stand out in the crowd. <laughs> Yeah, those yellow pants, though, I don't know. <laughs> I was always, you know what? It's really funny. I could always tell when I'm looking back at old footage, I could always tell what game it was because of what you guys wore. I'm like, oh, wait. Oh, this is 2015. They wear yellow pants. <laughs> we wear, I think, you know, it's, it's become like a once-a-year tradition. Um, so they, and the kids like it, and it's kind of like, when are we wearing it? So um, yeah. it's become kind of like when Notre Dame wears green, except it's yellow pants. Yeah. Except Notre Dame hasn't won in their green jersey in a very long time. And I don't think John yeah, Warren well, we lost it. in our yellow pants. So yeah. Oh, I think we're we're three and one now in, in yellow pants. Oh, okay. Um, not bad. that I'm keeping count. The first time you wore the yellow pants, though, you lost, if I recall correctly. Oh, I got killed. You got crushed by, <laughs> got killed. by your dad. Um, yes, and he wore pink pants against me, so I figured I'd like, yeah. the script, but did not work in my favor. <laughs> That's right, because the first game was down there, and it was uh, Cancer Awareness Month. Right, 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 right. Um, <laughs> you know, you, you, you played high school football. You, you were an all-state football player at New Canaan. You played in college. You came back. Coach with your dad, coach at Greenwich. You know, you've been a part of, you've been part of the, uh, the fabric of high school football for, for quite a long time. Um, what I guess, obviously, you haven't left yet, but what is something that you're really going to just miss about high school football in Connecticut? Because, obviously, it's not, you know, a hotbed like Florida yeah, or but Texas, but it's so passionate, you know, as a non-Connecticut native, coming here and being here for six, seven years, you, you really feel how much people in this state love and care about high school football. It's pretty incredible. Yeah. Um, well, besides missing uh, my conversations with you two, oh, um, thank I will you, definitely, <laughs> I will definitely miss the, the rivalries. The uh, you know, I mean, it, Thanksgiving Day football is one of the greatest traditions I think in the entire country, and you know, Connecticut oh. gets Thanksgiving right. I know a lot of people want a bigger state playoff system, or yeah. and and I I don't disagree with them, but I just there's something about Thanksgiving Day football that is just such a traditional. Every senior has their Super Bowl on Thanksgiving. It's their rivalry game or it's a game. It's the last game of the season for the majority. And those seniors get an opportunity on a holiday with alumni. And obviously I was New Canaan, so I played in the Darien one. But even the Greenwich Staples one, it's huge. I mean, we had, we had like, I think, 8,000 people this year. So there's, there's so many uh, rivalries that kids have the opportunity to play their last game under. And that's what I'll probably I'll miss the most. But it. And then the you know the traditional rivalries you know throughout uh, the FCAC you know when, when Greenwich plays Darien or New Canaan or uh, Trumbull those old school rivalries so I think I will miss watching all those and, and obviously the people I think uh, I, I've learned so much from so many of the opposing head coaches and assistant coaches in this state uh, especially the FCAC and um, I just hope that one day uh, you know if if uh, the stars align correctly and I'm able to continue to move up that I can. Uh, recruit this state and, uh, you know, you know, make everybody aware of how good Connecticut high school football is because we have really good football players. We have really good football coaches. And the majority of them that do go on to play at high levels, they don't just – or not just on the team. They play and they have an impact. And I think you're starting to see it the last 10 years with, with how many guys are making an impact at the FBS and SC, FCS level. Um, so this is a hotbed that – uh, it's it's kind of like a quiet hotbed that uh, only really like Michigan is, is uh, started to figure out recently. Did, did, when you when you graduated and you were you know Wesleyan and uh, did you want to get into coaching? I can't remember. Yeah, right away. You did. Okay. Yeah. So whatever job you were doing, whatever you know, you wanted to become a coach at some point. I've always made it. So I've always done football and I was coaching actually my first game calling plays. And we, we, I showed up late to the game. I was in college. And I showed up late. I never called plays before. My dad's like, you got to get up in the, the box. It was at Greenwich. It was when McCary caught that two point conversion. 
Um, and uh, oh yeah, that was my first time ever. I didn't call that play. That was I, I don't I didn't have that much power <laughs> then. But um, you know. I, I've always been a part of coaching. So when I was in college, I was coaching, and um, when I was, you know, obviously right out of college, I always tried to do something that allowed me to coach. And um, selfishly, I wanted to make a little bit more money than, uh, you know, being a teacher and a coach. So right. in the business world, I, I lived in uh, New York City for a number of years, and uh, when I became the Greenwich Head coach, I moved uh, to, you know, out to Trifield County, Stanford, and. Um, I've always done. I'm in commercial real estate now. I was in finance, and and now I get to do football for for a living. At least for the, and you know, I, I told right. everybody I could get fired in three months. So yeah, uh, <laughs> if they need a water boy, I'll I'll, I'll come and I'll, I'll be the best water boy they've ever had. So <laughs> I I guess, I guess the question here is is that did you envision yourself going as far as you could in the coaching, or were you? Like, let's see how far I can go. I mean, did you say, like, I would like to be, like, a head coach at a college or, or the NFL or something? Did you did you have, like, that kind of, you know? No, I, no I, honestly, I don't. I've, I've always loved the game of football for, for how it was, you know, given to me from my coaches, whether it's my dad, Tom Taylor at Canterbury or yeah. you know, Jeff Devaney at, at Trinity College. And those guys made such an impact on me and helping kids get from A to B. And that, that honestly – Football coaching is really secondary to, to what a coach's role is in, in a kid's life. And, um, and as you started to get involved, and the more and more and the deeper and deeper you got, you just realize you can impact kids on, on a higher level. The competition of the game, the chess match, that's like the greatest part of it, obviously. I mean, from a football side, but you really get to see the impact you make. So I've always just kind of kept my head down. You know, I, I haven't sent my resume out. I, I haven't been trying to to get a job or do anything. I've always loved where I am and be in the moment. And, and hopefully one day someone noticed it and uh, someone did. And, and, you know, an opportunity comes and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to take it. But I'm taking it because I believe that I can impact, uh, you know, one, I want to do it for a living. Two, I believe I can impact people uh, now with, with a higher platform as I, you know, continue to move up. Yeah, what a way to make a living. <laughs> not bad. Not, not bad at all, I'm sure. Well, I'm sure you talked. I mean, I, I, from all accounts, it said you agonized over this decision. I mean, is that, that a fair assessment? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I'm the head coach at Greenwich High School. I grew up I, I, mean, I grew up and walking on the field looking at Johnny Sullivan and those guys, mm-hmm. and Greenwich was such a powerhouse. And uh, I think this, this is the, the greatest job in, in the state, maybe New England. There's, yeah. the, it's a football town. The community loves it. Um, and they, they, you know, there's no pressure to win, but like, I, I just have a lot of pressure on myself to, you know, obviously on game day, like I want to win, but, um, you know, they, they take care of you here. And, um, I, so for, because of that, I think it's the, the people and the relationships that I've made, that's the toughest. That's why I, I agonized over it because just spent all off season with, you know, the 2019 team and, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I love the makeup of the team. So it's hard to say goodbye to those guys and. Um, you know, the timing of it, I have no control over, but, right. uh, that's why I, I agonized over it. How much, <clears throat> I'm sure you talked to your father and I'm sure he was anxious to get you the heck out of here. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm only joking, John. Uh, but no, what did, I mean, I, I'm, he must've been like, look, you got to take this opportunity, right? I think he understands. It's like a bittersweet thing. Like he's, he's excited for me and happy to see like what the possibilities are at the same time. Um, you know, we're very happy. Um, you know, it's, it's also the first year I leave. There's no new Canaan on the schedule and they just got moved down to L. So, um, <laughs> like there would be no, no, like we hate the Marinelli ball. So we're like, yeah, of course the year I leave, there isn't one, but, uh, <laughs> but I will say he's, you know, excited for me, but I also think that he, he's made an unbelievable, uh, you know, you know, life for himself, and he never. Uh, you know, he was at Boston College, and he came back, and then he started to have kids, and he ended up staying in the area. And I right. don't think he has that "what if" mentality because he loves what he does, and he loves where he is. And um, but I do think a piece of him is like kind of looking at me, like, "Hey, you know, I've, I've been doing this for you know, the guy's got 350 wins. Like, I know all of his stats, and he doesn't. Like, a part of him's <laughs> got to be like, what if I, you know, took that?" But um, you know, he's never really relayed that to me. He loves where he is, and um, I think he's happy for me and excited to kind of always have somewhere to go in the off season now, and oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, and the whole new staff to get to know. Yeah. I was going to say, I think he's looking more. Yes, I'm very happy for my son who gets to move on and take a step up, but deep down, he's like, I got an off season home for the winter. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. He's got Vermont. He's got. He's got. Uh, now he's got Fe- or Tucson. Gonna be- he's got it made. Yeah, he's, he's got it made. He's got- <laughs> 
We've got he's got four grandkids, so he's busy. He's got his hands full. He's he's he retired from uh, teaching. He's still full time football coach, and he is full time babysitter. So he's got his hands full. Well, he's got that huge office at New Canaan, so I think he just hangs out there. Yeah, right? <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> so what's next for Greenwich? I know you you, you put a, uh, who was it? Who, who's the guy you recommended? Anthony Morello, my offensive line coach. Right. So you recommend Anthony Morello? I mean, uh, I'm sure that's. Um, I mean, I'm, what's next for them? I mean, what do you? What's the? What's the? What's going to happen? Well, I, the timeline uh, they posted the position. It's open until July 6th. Um, you know, Ed, Anthony's been at my side. You know, he was a freshman coach before I got here. He worked at Darien, I think, in 2010 when he was out of college. He was an All-American football player at Union. He he's been. Uh, he's really opened my eyes to what it's, what's capable in the run game and pass protection. We've kind of changed a lot of things since I was at New Canaan. Mm. Um, and he's been on the forefront of all that. And he's taken into the whole program. He works with every position and, uh, the kids love him. He's from Greenwich. Um, you know, I can only recommend obviously, but, uh, I think with, with the trajectory of what we're on, the amount of kids that are in the program, the amount of lives that we're impacting, uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't know if there's a better option than to stay in house just because of, yeah. Uh, you know, the things that we've accomplished in four years, we've taken a program that started with 110 players to over 230. Uh, and we're going to have over 200 players for the third consecutive year. Those are like numbers like that in this you know, day and age are unheard of. Mm. Um, and and yeah. by the way, only 11 are on the field. So yeah. we're obviously doing something, uh, you know, right when you have this many players, you know, maintaining and, and still coming out. Was that, um, you know, building this program, to getting 200 kids for the third year in a row, where does that rank in terms of like accomplishments? That obviously you won a state title. You guys were the number one team in the state. You had the best quarterback in the state last year. You know some top players. Um, but where does that rank in the fact that you were able to build a program where you had kids that just wanted to come out and be a part of something special? Well, all the things you just mentioned are at the bottom of the list. You know, you, honestly, state championships are, are great. I, you know, it was a great feeling, but. You get right back to work on December 10th. You have one day to, to remember it, and then you get right back to work. So, and and that's not to take away from the team. Like I, I loved it every minute of it. But having the kids in the program might be the, the number one thing in my mind. Is because you're you're like I wanted to grow the sport. My thing is I've been involved with youth football around the country. Um, I've been involved with my GYFL team here, and I, I don't just love Greenwich football. I love football. So I wanted to help the sport grow, and in, in a time that it's being. Uh, you know, dwindling numbers. It's mm -hmm. that, that was my goal was just to continue to get kids out and, and to talk to them in the hallways and be like, you look like you'd be a good receiver. Uh, <laughs> yeah. like, kind of look at me and they're like, I've never played football before. I'm like, here's what we do. We catch the ball. You're going to get as many yards as you can. And you're going to run out of bounds. You might never get hit ever in your high school career. And the kid looks at me. He's like, really? I'm like, yeah. So then they come out for spring and then the competitive juices take over. And next thing you know, they want to have contact. They want to get tackled. Yeah. They want to make a tackle. So um, that was honestly, it's just kind of like sarcastic humor to get kids to come out and, um, and, and to get them to, to be a part of the family and, uh, our kids are so used to like new faces coming in and out that, you know, they just put their arm around each other. And, uh, you know, once you put that helmet on, you're part of the family, you know, um, from the outside and, and everyone will say, well, it's Greenwich. Well, they have all these, um, <clears throat> you know, you have all these opportunities at Greenwich. Uh, you got jerseys, you can do this, you can, you know, you have the bodies, this and this, you know, what was like I, the biggest challenge for you when you took over this pro, uh, when you took over the Greenwich program four years ago? I think everybody has challenges, and um, I think Greenwich has its, its own challenges, and I think New Canaan has challenges, Bridgeport Central has challenges, and I'm not comparing one's uh, challenges to another, but you know, you've got to adapt to the environment that you're in. Uh, you know, the biggest challenge for me was to change the culture of the football program in terms of the type of uh, students uh, walking around and, and the, the stereotype football player of, of being jocks and not going to class and um, you know, thinking that they're too high in themselves, you know, walking in the hallways. Like to me, I, you know, when, when I first took over day one, I was hired and I'm walking to a team meeting and I'm walking with my captains and there's a kid walking by with a Greenwich football shirt on and they didn't say hi to him. And I know like oh. on day one, I'll never forget that. And I was like, I turned to my, my captains who I just met and I'm like, you guys know that kid? And they're like, no. 
like that that's the number one thing that had to change like we want to be leaders in the hallways leaders in the classroom leaders on in the locker room i want these kids as freshmen when they come in i wanted them to feel like they were a part of the family and i know the impact a senior can have by just waving to a freshman in the hallway oh yeah and to me yeah, you can make an impact on those you don't even know, maybe even a greater impact. And uh, so that was the biggest challenge was was to turn that culture to make everybody feel a part of this thing, whether you were a freshman or a senior. And it really seemed like it, it kind of captivated the community as well, because <clears throat> and I don't know if that's something that that was, you know, part of the, you know, your your five year plan to get the community involved, because it seemed like. Every game was packed. You guys had the local radio station. You guys had the local TV. You guys, you know, people were lining around the field. And it was even before you guys uh, started winning that everyone kind of, like, got into the hype of Greenwich football. It just felt like four years ago you just injected this energy into a program that needed needed some push. Yeah, my, my year one was about making football fun again here and, uh, and making the kids feel like they were a part of it and, uh, you know, just everything was about the kids year one year two uh, we started to move toward the parents because I, I think that there's as a, as a high school coach your job is not just the kids but it's also the parents and it's also the community and if you can do all three of those things and yeah it's a lot of work it's a lot of work to be a high school coach um, and, and you've got to be bought in on those three things otherwise you're not going to have sustainable success and I've learned the, you know like right away if the parents trust you with their kids like there's a reason why like yeah we, we lifted on december uh i think we gave them a week off so december 18th maybe you know 17th right before break like why are their parents letting their kids a week after the season just ended go to the weight room and it's because they have the, the faith and trust in us that we're doing the right things and we're preaching the right thing we're, we're huge multiple sports school 99 percent of our roster plays at least one more sport i mean that's the, those are the small things that you do and you support teachers and you support other coaches. Um, you know, our four by one relay team that, that won the state opens in New England's all four of them were football players. And <laughs> yeah. the, the, the other, the other alternate, the fifth one was also a football player. So, and to me, it's like that part of community, it's not just like, you know, going out in town, it's helping, you know, the other coaches in the school and, and relying on them. So when the kid says, you know, I think I'm going to run track full time, going to the coach and saying, Hey, look, you know, I don't know if that's the best decision for him. What do you think? Next thing you know, you have two coaches working together to get that one kid out. And when you do things like that in the, the community, knows i think what you're about and what you stand for what your your morals are what your values are and i think that's how you slowly win over the community just by putting kids first and and, and never you know sacrificing uh, a win or a moment or anything that are going to put the kids in jeopardy you know i, I i'm right. a big believer in that I, I always put the kids first and never put them in harm's way right speaking of <clears throat> speaking of which what do you think of this new rule they got com coming up now with the contact, I mean, the, their contact, and you know, now that you're, we, now we got you on an exit interview. You know, it's time to you know let her rip. <laughs> <laughs> here's here's what I think should happen. CIA should allow the coaches uh, to do this and not make rules from from their high school because um, we're we're in it every single day. I can tell you with the amount of kids that we have in our program, we have almost uh, you know. I'll say this: we had two concussions. We have over 230 kids in our program. We don't really contact anyway during practice um and and when we do it's it's usually technique and fundamental driven we don't you know it's uh, it's completely different I, I i think the the people that are making rules in the ciac are doing this without the support of the football coaches and that's why high school coaches have kind of gone out we started a high school coaches association in the state of connecticut to try to have a voice yeah. because there are decisions being made without us and lacrosse makes their own decisions soccer makes their own decisions and why should football be any different I would have to agree with you on that. I mean, uh, at some point, I mean, I know that over the years, I mean, the football, it's not as much of a, you know, in the trenches type of game as it used to be in the last 20, 25 years. It's kind of proven that it's more of a wide open, spread them out, you know, exploit matchups type of stuff. And it's not like, you know, it's not the junction boys anymore. And I think people, when they hear football and they hear all the, all the horror stories, and let, let's be honest, there are horror stories and a lot, and, and I'm not dismissing anything. I, I believe totally that, uh, 
you know, things that had been done a certain way can't be done again because that way was obviously detrimental to, uh, you know, long-term health. You know, and I'm talking about, like, you know, youth players. I don't think youth players should be involved in tackling until they get, you know, up to higher levels. You know, you don't want to, you know, you don't want to deal with that. Um, but, um, so, yeah, you're, you're talking about a, a – uh, what, what, um, uh, you're talking about a, a group of coaches, uh, in the, uh, across the state have started their own type of, I don't know, I don't want to call Coaches it association. Yeah. What is it? Yeah. It's, uh, it's basically, um, you know, it's a, it's a association that allows the coaches to have a voice and we're hoping to get recognized by the CIAC. Mm. Um, so we can start to make the decisions on, on, on our sport because lacrosse does the same thing. Soccer does. That, I think a few other sports too, yep. because the CIAC is made up like the, the football panel, I think has 16 spots, no 20 spots. Four of them are for coaches, but the coaches rotate every four years and mm. the other 16 gentlemen and women on that, they, they don't, they've they don't, been there right. for 20 years. So like, there know, are some guys who, there's, who there's maybe should step there. down. I agree with that. Yeah, and and not for and it's I'm not attacking them by saying no. this. I, I we all want our sport to be success. And trust me, the CAAC for what they do and what they make in the state playoffs, they want us to have success too. <laughs> yeah. So you know, you know, so and we're we're not trying to hurt our sport. We're going to try to help it, and and our voice, you know, just just wants to be recognized. And I commend a lot of the coaches in the state that have uh, you know taken up. You know, a, a position with with the association because you know, we're all in it for the right reasons. We want the sport to grow, not just for our town, but for the entire state. Now, obviously, this this is separate from the coaches' association itself, correct? Right, obviously, right. Um, yeah, that's it. Yeah, so there's one coaches' association for all sports, yep. um, and then this would be like it's a, a side association that talks solely on on football's behalf. The other the other criticism I have, and I'm sure. You, you will probably agree with this. Is that who's monitoring this stuff? The ads, I guess. Are they? Yeah. You know, and, you know, and, and and there's a potential there, as with anything, like you could start nitpicking. Oh well, does that constitute? What constitutes that? And how does that? I, it just seems to me that be it's a lot of the 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 bureaucracy of it, so to speak, seems to me like it's yeah. troublesome. Well, contact is very is also very hard to define because right. what I think contact maybe is or isn't, someone else thinks it is or isn't. So, you know, the contact rules that's that's where like football coaches we we have this whether it's a thud period, a run through period. You know, we don't have full tackle periods, but I know some people do. And, you know, let us get together and discuss the definition of contact. And and I think when you do that and you have a you know this kind of circle, um, you know, roundtable discussion, you start to get ideas from other coaches and next thing you know the game becomes safer because we're taking ideas from each other um and that happens in small circles but it doesn't happen at ciac level so um yeah it's hard to define but i can tell you you know we don't contact at all even when we practice tackling we actually take our shoulder pads off especially early in the years in spring we take shoulder pads off to teach kids how to bring their chest first Mm. um, and keep their head out of it and you know we do little things like that where I guess by law it's contact because we're on bags or because we're touching another body, we're illegal. But we're really not illegal. It's really not contact because no one's going to the ground. It's help, you know, their, their heads are out of it. And realistically, we're just teaching form fit. How do you intend? I mean, you intend to stay involved in this uh, when you're gone or uh, when you're gone? As, as much as you... they'll have me. Yeah. As much as they have me, I, I'd, I'd love to be a part of it. Like I said, you know, before, I, I love football. I want football to succeed in anything I can do to anybody across the state. If I can go in and I'll talk to football, to anybody, um, and youth coaches, especially, I think that's one of my favorite times is to really dive in with, with any youth coach because, you know, the game is more important than one person. And, uh, you know, we, we've got a, as, as a coach, high school, youth or college or NFL, our, our job has to be, uh, you know, to help the sport continue to grow and, um, you know, figure out our next steps. All right, so we have that. Um, what is there any other thing you would like to see Connecticut football do? As I mean, what you know, what's another thing you'd like to see changed? I mean, we talk. You, you mentioned Thanksgiving. You know, Thanksgiving to you seems to be sacrosanct, um, but to others like Al Carbone, they wanna they wanna expand the playoffs. They wanna start in November and they wanna end in before December. And you know, there's a lot of different views on that, but we, I mean, that's what I would love thing. that. I, yeah, you would I, the playoff system. Yeah. So I, I just talked up Thanksgiving, which I love. And I don't right. think we should get rid of it. But somehow the playoff system, I think four divisions for the state is too much. I think, Interesting. Um, 
you know, and you don't give the tech schools a, a chance because right. you know they, their numbers are. I would almost make a, a tech and co-op division where those guys can yeah. compete for a state championship and and really you know be excited and have a, a, a banner in their gym, which would be like really exciting for them. I think they should have their own division because you see some of these scores, especially in the quarterfinal rounds. It's like you, you almost feel bad for them, um, but. I think three divisions, uh, S, M, and L, and I think 16 teams from each division. Mm, that's what I, um, I, I kind of – well, 16. All right. Go ahead. Continue. <laughs> you know, and, and or whatever. I mean, however many no, you want okay. to do No, that's okay. No, that's okay. Go ahead. That's fine. But, you know, I, I see a lot – some years you can have teams that are uh, – you know, four teams that are 10 and L, and then you have four teams uh, that are 9 and 1. But the 8 and 2 team got the eighth seed over the 9 and 1 team because of a point system, because of their league, which yeah. I agree with, but I feel bad for the 9-1 and team yeah. that lost to the team that went 10-0 and and is now playing in the state championship. Yeah, right. Like, it's – so, I, there, you know, it's no system is, is perfect. I, and I understand that. But I would love to see some 7-3 and three teams be able to make the playoffs because there's some really good – two years ago, Ridgefield was, like, the best 7-3 and three team. And if they had gotten into the state playoffs, they would have – you know, they would have been hard for anybody to beat. Um, and I, I look at that going around the state, and you could you could make an argument. I remember Farmington a few years; they went nine and one. They they got left out, and I just feel bad for for teams that you know do it all the right way. They lose one game to a team that went ten and zero, and and they're watching the state playoffs from home. Yeah. How about scheduling, John? Scheduling like um, so you look at uh, hear me. So you look at a team, and I'm going to kind of switch completely gears. I talked about this a little earlier. You look at a team like Sheehan which in its league got bumped up to, like, the middle division. Tier 2. Tier 2, which, whatever. <laughs> and then, um, and then uh, but statewide, they dropped down to Class S. How is that fair for their prospects? Because in Class S is one of the toughest divisions you can get into. Uh, how is that fair for Sheehan? There's, the scheduling in this state is just all over the place, which is why they need a point system, and the point system doesn't work. And everyone's schedule is completely different depending on where what league they're part of. And... It's some are hard and some are not, and I don't know. What do you think about that? Where do we need to? How do we need? To, how do we fix that? Um, I, you know, the, the I have a lot of talk about the district model. Um, I think a blend of league play and district model is great. I think um, I I personally love the FCAC and and some of the rivalries and the tradition and the history. And I realize yeah. that some teams have fallen off, but I don't think we can lose that tradition uh, for all leagues and. But a district model to play teams that are of your size around the state, I think, levels the playing field for the point system when you get closer to the state playoffs. And so now you're playing, you know, for we weren't included in the alliance this year, but if we were, let's say we had four games, we could play, you know, a new town from an SWC, an SEC school, and call it uh, West Haven, and then we could play someone in the CCC. If we could play like-sized schools around the state maybe three or four times a year, I think that levels out the point system a little yeah. bit more. Um, that, you know, a team that goes 10-0 and in one, one league goes into the state playoffs and they get bounced out by 50 points in the first right. round. I think it levels the playing field a little bit I mean, more. you could talk – you could say – I mean, that's an argument for all the sports in, in Connecticut, <laughs> I would say. I mean, it just, it's just kind of ridiculous. But, um, yeah, I, I, that's – I don't see maybe six games, six games of your leaving you four to go play. Let's say New Cannon drop down to L. All right. Well, it's not going to be part of our playoff, uh, but we still got to play New Canaan because they're our rivals. And then, then there's, I don't you know play him at the beginning of the year or something like that. I, I you know, I can see that happening. I'd like to see that. It's yeah. I, I think, you know, for the talk FCAC, for example, I think there's four schools that Greenwich has to play every year. Yeah. Darien, New Canaan. Uh, Staples and the fourth one, whoever it is, right? Right. And then you have a maybe a rotating schedule with your league for the other two games, so that's six, and then four games are district model type. So you keep the tradition of the of your rivalry yeah. games, the tradition of the league, but you're also expanding it off, and you're going to create new traditional rivalries, right. and, uh, you know, I, so I or new rivalries. I, I think there's benefits to it, but obviously there's there's probably information that I don't have yeah. that I'm just. <laughs> 
Um, so well, this is you know, just. I would, love, I would love to see it. This is just an exit interview. I mean, you, you're you're off the. We're, we'll be here <laughs> to carry on the fight <laughs> as you head off to greener pastures or browner pastures, as it were, in, in Arizona. But speaking of the alliance and how Greenwich isn't involved in it, and we could ask you this now because you're not going to be here in the fall. Why aren't you guys playing hand? Yeah, what the like, heck's what, going like, on? What's with going this? on with that? What like, like when when you heard that, we're like, oh my god, Greenwich hand. They week one, it. one verse two. But Let's asked, go. Astro versus Marinelli. Come on. I asked Mastriani if he wanted to play. He said no. No, no, no I'm just kidding. I'm just, I'm just kidding. I'm just I know kidding. that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But I don't know what happened. You know, I, you know, a lot of rumblings back and forth. And um, look, it's a great idea. I think it was poorly executed on whoever's end. And there's, I don't think there's one person to point the finger to. It, it's a fantastic idea. Um, and what Carbone was able to do to get CIAC approval that everybody gets lead points for the win. Uh, so you can play a school that's lower than you, or you can play a school that's uh, um, you know more populated than you, and you still get league points. I think that was huge, um, and so I, I, it's a good idea. Why we were left out, I have no idea, um, but I, you know, I think it's exciting to get new blood on the schedule. I think I think that's you know to play yeah. a, a Southington or a New Britain from that league or whoever it is. I think our kids would get excited for the unknown. It's an unfamiliar opponent. It makes football better. It makes coaches better and it makes the players excited yeah um what was i gonna ask uh or, uh you know i i agree i i i could i have a few uh i have a few theories about <laughs> how that happened and it's a shame because you had that great opportunity the number one and two teams uh depending on who you think uh probably gonna go in the season one and two and you guys couldn't get them together come on come on <laughs> how that how is that how, i know you guys were mad because you guys thought you're gonna get a sec team to play or an S or CCC team to play, and I don't know who screwed up. I mean, I have my theories, but I mean, you know, I don't know if there's one person that. No, yeah, again, I, I don't. I just think, um, yeah, I think our kids were. You know, I got a lot of questions when the schedules came out. Like, why didn't we get anybody? It's like, ah, uh, yeah. you know, and it's, I don't, you know, I, I don't know. I wasn't, a, I wasn't a part of it, but you know, hey, we got Ridgefield. Ridgefield's going to be really good, and that's our alliance game, guys. So, like, let's yeah. let's you know, let's get ready for Ridgefield, but. And then, you know, obviously, Jerry Ann's on the schedule this year. We, you know, they, we have them at home. So, you know, there's, you just kind of change the subject with kids right away. But, yeah. um, <laughs> I, I, you know, but it's, I don't know. I, I, I think, uh, I, I think it's such an awesome thing to watch. Like, I will be, wherever I am, week two, I don't know who we play, but I will be watching, if I can, the Southington Dairy Ann games. I think that's oh, yeah. awesome. Um, I think New Canaan, New London is awesome. I, I think some of these, they did a really nice job of some of these matchups, and there's more that I'm leaving out that I just forgotten about. But like, I'm I'm excited to see some of these from afar. So, you know, and, and if I'm excited from afar, then there's probably a lot of people in those communities that are excited or at least intrigued, and and that's what's good for high school football. And and what they're doing is they're getting people to leave their house to go see a football game because it's an unfamiliar uh, school. Um, yeah. or, you know, just, and I think with, you know, the more attendance that, you know, high school football can get, the more it's going to help the youth football numbers. Oh, I totally agree. Ooh. Have you looked at Arizona's schedule this year? Just cause you mentioned it. I pulled it up. <laughs> I'm in Hawaii. For yeah, you are. Week one, Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> what day? What, 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 week one, when, when's that? Uh, August 24th. That's Ooh, an early I, start. Maybe I should go and run out there, huh? Yeah. I have friends in Hawaii. <laughs> get to go to Hawaii. It's not a bad gig. Yeah. Although I'd be in, uh, I, they're on the other island. We're actually going down there for uh, the the whole week too, because school hasn't started yet. So I'm really, I've never been. I'm really excited to go there. Oh man, look at that! You leave Greenwich, you go on, you get to go to Hawaii for a yeah, week. Yeah, and then you got the honeymoon, which I'm sure is going to be somewhere exotic, Maldives. Uh, or honeymoon something. will be not. Uh, it's it's, it's uh, on pause. We're going to do it next July. Uh, uh, so I kind of like I say I do, and then I have to get on a flight to go to Arizona. <laughs> like I'm at the reception, first dance, and no, I'm, I'm leaving. I get married July 20th, and it's like uh, the July uh, 22nd. I report. It's like the Godfather. <laughs> you know, they send Tom Hagen out to, to the, like the night of the wedding. You send Tom Hagen out to California. On a, you're leaving tonight, Tom. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, what else? Go. Uh, all right. Here, here's a good question. Here, here. Is Greenwich going to repeat next year? Ooh. Um, I, I think they have the makeup to do it. I think they're a young team. I think we're a lot like our 2017 team um, where we have a lot of young guys mixed in with some really key experienced uh, upperclassmen seniors. And 
Um, I think if they can gel, I think they have a lot of talent. I mean, they have, you know, there's so many good skill guys. We're, we're bigger than we were last year. Um, so I, I can definitely see it, you know, them making a push for it. And, you know, once you get into the dance, anything is possible. And, um, but I definitely see them if they can grow up as their schedule allows and um, if they can, you know, put together a couple of wins and, and I think they could be right back, uh, you know, in the thick of it. I won't say they're going to repeat because you just never know. And there's a lot of good football out there, but um, I will say they, they have the makings to, to be a very good football team. Okay. How, Go how good, and I, I think you can answer this now. We, we saw some highlights from him last year, some really big games, but how good can AJ Barber be at, at this level? Obviously he's going into his junior year, but how talented and how good is this kid going to be? He's uh, he's a generational talent. He is unbelievable. He could be very good. He could be very good. You know, it, he is humble. He's modest. He talks up his other, you know, you, if you look at any, go back to all the interviews, he doesn't talk about himself very much at all. Absolutely. Um, you know, that's hard to, you know, that in today's day and age where everyone wants everybody to talk about themselves. It's like he, yeah. for him to do that, like he's a throwback kind of kid that way. And um, he works so hard. He's, he's so talented. He's fast and he's only going to get bigger and he's only going to get faster. and He's only going to get more confident. And I think that's a scary thing for anybody that's going to play against him. Um, okay. Let me get back to my question, line of question. <laughs> All right, uh, dad drops to L. He's got Mastro in there. I mean, everyone thinks Han's going to make it. Dad's got Drew Pine for the senior year. You know, they have some keeps. If dad goes on, plays the state championship, wins the state championship versus Mastro, knocks off Han, does he, does he hang it up, call it a career? No, 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 no. Look, my dad's not about wins or losses. That's what a lot of people are like. He, he is – if he went 0-10, he might be like, all right, maybe the game has passed me. Yeah. But he is so energetic about what he does. And he's when he goes to the school, he, he's more excited to help kids get to A to B. I mean, he's yeah. – like wins and losses are great. And he takes it hard as, as you know, any competitor would. But well, whether he wins or loses, I don't think determines. Like when he feels like he can't connect to kids, that's when he'll hang it up, and that's not happening anytime soon. Okay, uh, you know, I'm just <laughs> just throwing scenarios out there for you. That's all. Yeah, no, I, I honestly like, I, and I've seen him interact with kids and and the, what he does with them and his staff. I, like in my opinion, I don't see that happening anytime soon. I think. I think you're going to be able to get Lou Marinelli on your podcast for another ten years. Wow! We got to get honestly. If we had Lou on here, I, I I don't think it would ever end. I mean, he he's great to have conversation with, but all of a sudden you blink and two hours go by. Yeah. Well, speaking of which, it's he weird. talked about everything. Oh, yeah. he he got me once at the the football luncheon before the championships because he was waiting to be interviewed by Sean. We just sit down on the couch, and then all of a sudden, half an hour goes by, and he's like, "Okay," and I was like, "What what just happened?" I don't. It was. Yeah, he's got that ability. He can yeah. trap you. Yeah. Here, here is an, here's another exit interview question. What would you like to see from guys like us, like media coverage? Uh, what have we done right? What have we done? Ooh. What have we done? You know, that's something that you think we should improve upon. Um, you know, obviously, media has changed over the last 20 years. We've lost a lot of guys. You know, there's kind of consolidation where there used to be four newspapers covering. Now there's only just one or one outlet. I mean, anything on our end, uh, John, what do you think we could do, you know, well and what can, what, what can we do better? That's a good question, Sean. I thought one thing I I'm thought would be, uh, I've thought about this for a while is, uh, wow, look at this. I think when you, when you put a player spotlight or a group spotlight on video, Let's just say, take uh, Drew Pine, for example. Yep. A lot of spotlights have been done on him. But, you know, I think people want to get to know who the who those stars are and what's about Because all they do is they see they see him play and they listen to the interview if they're and after a game. But you don't really get a chance to get to know what those athletes can do. And I mm -hmm. think that would help, uh, you know, I think that would be cool to know what you know the other star players are because all as coaches we all love our athletes and we're biased towards our athletes. Right. But you know maybe like a player spotlight before the game on both teams, okay. get them together and ask them some funky questions and, and get some crazy responses. Huh? I like that. I, I think Pete, that's a, I think that's Pete's a great all idea. About that. Well, I think it's a great idea because I think a lot of people and I think Drew Pine is a perfect example of it, and even Chad Knight at, uh, at Staples where these kids come in with so much hype and all these other kids all they want to do is is 
break them down. I mean, yeah. that that's the internet for you. That's social media yeah. for you. you they love to see you rise, and then when they get to the top, they're like, oh, no, 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 you're not allowed to be there, and they yeah. rip you down. <laughs> and I think when, when you have the ability to, to tell you about player A – away from their stats, away from what they do on the field, and be like, hey, he plays Fortnite. He likes to hang out with his friends. He likes to talk movies and, and get them – you know, you, you get to meet the person outside of the uniform. I think that goes such a long way in terms of telling, you know, the readers and, and yeah, the other and kids who you know, these kids are. what their Fortnite name is. Next thing you know, they have, like, all these more friends on Fortnite. I mean, <laughs> you know, my, actually, to bring that up, I, I, I've used this in recruiting so many times. When a college coach walks in and I introduce them to Gavin, I would tell the head coach, doesn't play Fortnite. And the coaches <laughs> love that. And I was like, yeah, I've never played before. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I've talked yeah, to so Little many things kids. like that would be awesome to see. Yeah, I mean, I, I've talked to so many kids. I'm like, so do you guys, do you guys like play video games? And they're like, no, like I just go to the cage and, 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 and hit the ball. I'm like, well, what do you do for like free time? They're like, oh, I like watch highlights of baseball and I watch tape and I'm like, my God, be a normal sixteen-year-old, please, Seriously. once. That is a. That's, <laughs> Tell me that, that you go hang tough. out with friends. Tell me that you guys play like this, uh, like manhunt at night. Like, that, uh, just do something. It seems to me, and I, I'm probably not going on a limb saying this. It seems to me that athletes now, especially you know athletes who are on good teams or great athletes, they really don't. You know, they don't. It's like they don't really get the. Ha- there's so much scrutiny on them now. You know, and that's it, as as opposed to twenty years ago. Uh, there's so many ways to like, you know. I don't know. It just seems. It seems like there's there's it's changed. I mean, it's obviously changed over the last years. I don't know how these kids handle. Yeah, it. and they're trying to please everybody. They're trying to please their teachers, their coaches, yeah. and and the guys who are getting recruited in any sport now. I mean, it just seems like it's you know you can talk to anybody at any point in time with Twitter. So where where is that time to like be a kid and be yourself? Yeah. Um, that's why I think it'd be cool for from a fan perspective to get to know like get to know what AJ Barber does. Like what does AJ Barber do in his free time? Like tell tell me something that you know, you know just, I think it would be fun just to have like totally loose questions and make the kids laugh on camera. Any that's any any things it. any things that we should do? I mean, any other things we should do better? Like or you know, uh, I think you, you, know, you guys do an unbelievable job. The media and everything else. I mean. I, Mosey was wearing his game time uh, shirt. Nice. I think the graduation under his <laughs> nice. gown. So um, <laughs> yeah, you guys are, are are doing awesome, and uh, you know the, the, what you do to bring uh, to raise the level of attention and, and all the awareness to, to our sport and our games. I think you are a major reason as to why we had so many fans out there in high school football in the state of Connecticut this year because of the coverage that you guys have. And you guys put a little flair on it. It's always like a yeah. little twist of the story. So. Um, well, you know, I think you guys are doing a great job. Well, okay. well, <laughs> Thanks, Johnny. Uh, yeah. Flattery will get you everywhere when you're on the <laughs> podcast. Um, uh, do you think, speaking of Mosey, do you think, uh, I mean, I know you talked to our Jeff Jacobs about that hypothetical, could we play Hamden Hall or could we play King or could we play Brunswick and all that stuff. Um, you know, I, is and you see a lot of these kids leaving. You know, Berlin got completely gutted uh, by guys who are going to reclassify and go. I mean, is there uh, – you know, what is your thought on that now that you're going to be on the recruiting show or you're going to be a part of that that culture that, that gets the kids? You know, what do you think of that here? Um, you know, is that a, an issue? Is it not? Is it something good? Is it something bad? Where, where's your take on that? Um, it's a family situation. And how can you tell a kid who's not getting three square meals a day that he shouldn't go get three square meals a day? Right. How can you tell a kid who comes home whose parents are working hard just so they can have a life for that? Uh, now they're going to go be, be able to get help on campus from teachers and have study hall. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it's a complete family decision. And I don't, you know, as a coach, you try to do everything possible to help the kids. And for all I know, that Berlin coach put, put his players in a better situation to, you know, have, have a better life. I don't know. Um, but right. uh, I don't, I, I would say, you know, I think public school football, and I've talked to a lot of private schools and boarding schools about this, and they agree. The football is better in public because we're able to be around our kids all year. We know who our quarterback's going to be next year. Right. He's on our campus. He's in our weight room. We have preseason. We have film exchange. We have so many more resources that our rules allow that theirs don't. Mm-hmm. Whereas they kind of make a team every year and they have good players. And some of them are there for two years, three years. Most of them are there for one year. Right. And you're putting together a team you know, that uh, preseason or whatever you're doing, however you're going to do it. Whereas we're building a program from freshman year all the way to senior year and chemistry and 
understanding of offense and defensive schemes, I think that plays such a huge role. Like they have unbelievable talent and players and coaches, but I think our rules and just the way that we're able to be around our kids a little bit more, um, you know, that's, that's the difference maker to me. All right. Um, John, we're going to have to wrap this up because my phone's going to die. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how I'm, I'm piping you in here. So, uh, I really appreciate it. Listen, John, it's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, you know, Following you guys, you've done an amazing job at Greenwich. Uh, I know it was a, it was not an easy decision, but a lot of people in the state are obviously really excited to see. You know, it's like when a, one of the kids who who goes on, they go on to a big program, a Ben Mason, or you know, even like a guy like Avenue or something like that. We love to see when they succeed at that level, and they when when they succeed at that level, it, it makes everybody proud because they're from Connecticut. We can always say that's our guy, exactly. And so, uh, and that's usually how this thing works. You know, we're all you know button heads here in the state, but you know, when you guys all get out, everybody, I don't care who you are, is just immensely proud of the guys who go out and they make their name and they give us a, you know, they pump us up down here. So we're, <laughs> we wish nothing but the best for you out there. We want you to kill it. Thank you. And thanks for jumping on. Thank you on, very Johnny. much. Really I appreciate, appreciate it. it. But, you know, I, I could get fired in three months and, and be someone's water boy too. So I like, you know, it's, I, there's a lot of luck that has to happen for me in, in the right place at the right time. But thank you. I, I feel like I'm a part of the right staff, the right fit. And, um, I'm just going to keep my head down and, and keep working hard and hopefully make, make you guys home. Uh, hope you guys make you guys proud at home, but thank you for everything. I really appreciate it. And I know this won't be our last conversation, uh, but, uh, thank you guys. Yeah. yeah keep, keep in touch, you know, yeah, let please, us know what's going do. on out there. Yeah. Let us know. And if you want to complain I'll send you about pictures anything. from Hawaii. Yes. Perfect. <laughs> and you need, you need to post a photo with a cactus because like, why not? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Well, that's, that's an easy one. <laughs> well, we'll be following you, know you on Instagram. I need to get a game time hat so I can put it on top of the cactus. Done. Right. Done. I will get Pete's you one. I'll send you one. Um, <laughs> you let me know when you want to play golf though. And I'll, yeah, I'll, Pete, I'll go out to Arizona. I'll bring you some game time gear. All right. We'll definitely hit the links soon, buddy. Thank you guys. All right, Johnny. Thanks, Thanks, Johnny. All right, bye. 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 So that was ex-Greenwich head coach John Marinelli. I can't believe I'm saying that. I mean, I feel so bad he gets to go to Hawaii. Yeah. Poor John. Yeah, real real sad, John. Just just awful. (laughs) Just terrible. Hawaii and, you know, a, a deferred honeymoon. That's what I'm actually most sorry about. A deferred honeymoon. I feel like that was part of the deal, though. Yeah. I mean, like, it was a big decision, and he said that uh, he's going to have a great experience there, and he's going to be able to to do and see a lot of things. And I don't think anyone blames him for, for taking yeah. the shot. I don't think anyone should blame him. No. Like like I, he even said it in the interview. He said, I could be fired in three months. Well, we I all, mean, God forbid, and I don't think anyone's rooting for that to happen, but, I mean, if he ever decided to come back, there would be schools lined around – I, blocks trying to hire him. The state would be his oyster. Oh my god, yeah. So yeah, John, have a good one. Good luck. Yeah, have have some fun. We'll see you out in the recruiting show possibly. I mean, I mean, you know, it's funny. Like you, you talk about a lot of the the assistants or you know who have gone on to great things, and you know, you talk about a guy like uh, uh, Steve Adazio, who you know went to Syracuse. Uh, after he was at Cheshire, won a few state championships at Cheshire, he went to Syracuse, and the next thing you know, Kyle McIntosh and Ian McIntosh are going, and Scott Kiernan from Greenwich, the late Scott Kiernan. They're all going to Syracuse, Tabucky Jones. Actually, I, I, it wasn't it – was, Tabucky Jones was before that. But, uh, but um, guys like that, uh, Dwight Freeney's and stuff, and then he moves on to Florida. You see guys like Tommy Jordan from Ridgefield. Uh, and you see uh, guys Murphy, like, <clears throat> quarterback. And uh, Murphy and uh, who else? Uh, Aaron Hernandez. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and then uh, they even look Michigan with 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 Don, with, uh, with Coach Brown out there. Yep, Coach Brown. Yeah, with coaching so stage. Um, you, so and uh, out in Iowa, you know, uh, as well. Like O'Keefe yep. out in Iowa. See, Nico Regani's killing it. Oh, he's he's awesome. So I mean, what I'm, my point is, is that a, a guy out in Connecticut. I mean, they know that there are guys here who can play ball and, yep. and, uh, and you know, you can be sure that John Marinelli, obviously he's got family here and everything. So, but he'll he will, he, he will be back. And next thing you know, you might see a few guys out and, in Arizona. And he's someone who, who knew the state, even last year, he wasn't just FC acknowledged. Like we talked, we could talk to him about new Britain. We can talk to yeah. him about other teams from other different conferences that weren't just in the FC act. So he knows the state, he knows the coaches. I mean, if you're a coach in Connecticut and John Marinelli calls, you're going to pick up. 
<laughs> and this was even before he took that job in Arizona. Yeah. So, so but, yeah, so that was a great interview with him. We, we wish him well. We we had to kind of do an obligatory send Johnny. Yeah, we are the clearly jo- not in mid-season form. Johnny, I don't know if you can tell. The Johnny send-off episode. That's what we're calling it. The exit this. interview. Yeah, absolutely. So we did a little exit interview. We got his uh, takes on all that stuff. So we'll be back. Uh, very shortly, we'll be back next week. We'll 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 start talking about all the other good stuff, and there's plenty to talk about. Just a will wet your wet your appetite. You haven't seen the news on Game Time CT. We talked a little bit about New Canaan dropping back down from L double L to L, and uh, up there with St. Joseph and Dave Mastriani uh, is going to have a little company. Maybe we'll have him on next uh, next week. Uh, talk a little bit about that. So, anyway. Thanks so, for joining us. Yeah, thanks for joining <laughs> us. We've, thanks for joining us. Oh, and to the one person who tweeted at us the first week of June, when's the next football podcast? And I said, probably July, maybe August. Well, you got one in June. Yeah, so <laughs> thanks to you. Anyway, this has been the Beat Grinder. <laughs> we got we to gotta come up with better sound effects. I'm just going to I'm just gonna loop Kyle's uh, old <laughs> stuff for us. We're out. Peace. Bye. Later.